maybe holding hands, maybe kissing the girl next to you. Who knows what? But it's all part of a piece of culture, you know. At one time, they, the the theaters had uh, uh, ushers that would take you in and had a flashlight, and they would show you to your seat and, and things like that. And in fact, up until say about the mid 1950s, uh, a huge number of Americans went to the movies. Uh, they were dis- they quit going to the movies because they started staying home and watching television. And not as many went, but uh, uh, the quality of the pictures got better, and the, the amount of the number of productions weren't as great uh, over time. But this is a piece of culture that I'm going to miss. I don't go to many movies now, as you do, as you know, but you do in fact go to movies, and uh, you will be one of those people who might miss it when when it goes away, if it goes away, and. Uh, the, the truth is, uh, we're talking about this partly because the, the movie house structure and the people, the companies that operate movies, I think AMC is the company that has the largest number of movie houses in America, and they, they've closed all of theirs down. I don't know if they've reopened them or not. Do you know? Well, they're in the process of reopening some, Tom. Uh, they indicated that they lost $2.18 billion uh, by filing their own admission in the second fiscal quarter. That's a lot of money. In a quarter. That's not a year. And, it, and the word right. you used had a B in it, not an M. It's a billion dollars. A billion. $2.18 billion in the second quarter alone. Uh, that's the second four months of 2020. Okay, and that, that's where the situation is with the largest chain. And, then of course, there are numbers of other chains and so on. And so that's one reason we're addressing this tonight. And I... I've been reading a little bit here and a little bit there about it. But the truth is, uh, and, and if we're not going down the road the way you want to go, you, you, you're in charge. You can steer the, steer the boat a different way. But the fact is, the, the uh, uh, problems of the movie chains and uh, how many of them would survive and how many movie houses were going to stay open is not something that came along in February with the coronavirus and its uh, problems for for people going out into public places. The problem was was already there, and people were already writing and talking about it. Well, yeah, Tom, one of the things we'll sort of nod to, if I may go back for a moment, uh, the movies, one of the ways I look at movies, uh, my girlfriend and I, we like to go out to movies. That's something we enjoy doing. That's a night out for us. We enjoy doing that, having a meal and going out to a movie. For many people, it's a first date opportunity. That's where they think of when we have the first date. Uh, but, Tom, those, those experiences are going to change. They have already changed. And the question is that as we move day by day, what do they morph into? And we don't really know just yet. Uh, what's going to happen. You might remember, Tom, you mentioned a little earlier that one of the things that uh, the movie people were concerned about when television came along is would it kill their industry? It did not. They they adapted. I believe the the movie industry will adapt to this problem, but we're going to have a very different animal coming out of it than we do right now. By adapting, they did things like uh, have uh, multiplexes so that uh, the number of people required to keep the, the movies open was less. You know, it, it, it didn't spend as much money. They uh, uh, created niche theaters, you know, uh, opera, uh, what am I trying to say, uh, artistic theaters, you know, movies where, where movies that were not designed to be popular but rather artistic. Art house theaters. Uh, art house, thank you. This is why you're here. Art house theaters. Uh, they had movies that in, in 
big enough to support them that were kind of like oldies radio stations. Uh, in fact, I've heard that somewhere in New York there is a station a movie. This is a while ago, so it's probably not true anymore. But they ran Tarzan movies constantly, you know, 24 hours a day around the clock. Because and there were enough people who wanted to go. They didn't charge a lot, but they they turned it over. If you know, see what I mean. They got enough money to keep. Keep the lights on. So, well, the concept of cult movies came along too, where uh, a movie like 1975's Rocky Horror Picture Show could run for 20 years on Saturday nights in, in New York City. And it ran Raleigh, as a matter of fact, uh, I think, or person pretty close to it. And 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 if you're in a place you used to live in Raleigh, you know that there were certain theaters that were dedicated. And I wanted to see an unusual movie on a Catholic monastery one time that was. I think probably typed as an art house movie, but although it was more like a documentary, but it it was shown in a a multiplex in Cary that had been convulsed, con, convulsed. What am I trying to say? Con, converted to showing really art house kind of movies. Although it was the more popular multiplex size. Usually, a lot of the the art house movies are are the old standard uh, one 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 uh, screen and everybody looking at it and and maybe not rocking chairs and so on. Uh, well, Tom, what we're talking about is there's a lot of different ways to skin a cat. Exactly. Very good. And and, there, and, there, and there's been adaptability. But uh, the, the question we may end up answering or trying to answer tonight is the one that our producer, John Soller, came up with, and that is, will there be movie houses? And I think undoubtedly there will be, because some people will prefer that experience. Uh, to well, do it's, it's just like collecting vinyl, Tom. Somebody's going to want to go see the movie there not in your living room. Right, and, and, and you've described it as a social experience. It's, it's a first date, you know, uh, when you meet the, the new member of the opposite sex, you say, can we go out to dinner or would you like to take in a movie? You know, there you go, right there. And, right. and that, that's a little bit easier than would you like to come up to my apartment and watch uh, it streaming. Oops. Well, well, we'll need to reroute that particular thing, but you, you see what I'm getting at there. You're right, Tom. Tom, we're probably coming up shortly on on, on, a, on a break. I'm not sure. Indeed but we are. Uh, you, uh, after that, if you could, you laid out this afternoon the, sort of a vertical setup that I want to explore uh, a little bit in terms of the changes that have been rendered by COVID-19 and a development today, which will show you how we may end up with this, Tom. But I want you to talk a little bit about, I think it was Paramount you were talking about earlier today. Uh, okay, I hope I'm, I hope I figure out what you want to talk about, but maybe you can leave me along. We would want to, even though you and I talk, we would want our listeners to know that we don't rehearse these programs, and this is kind of like a telephone conversation that the Kearney brothers are having, listening in. And, and the, the smart one tonight is my brother Stephen Kearney. I'm Tom Kearney. I get to be the host of this show and be on WPTF every night, Monday through Friday. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. <laughs> Been for a long time and sort of new on uh, what I see 98.5. Be sure to keep the button there on your FM band, and you can, if you're on the FM side, you can just push the button there, and if you're on the AM side, you can get AM 6A. By the way, WPTF, just a couple more months, and we'll celebrate our 96th birthday, and we hope to have a couple of programs to, to signify that. Tonight, we are talking about. Uh, one of the businesses that is going to be affected, uh, very many will be, but one particular business in the entertainment industry, 
uh, that will have ramifications uh, by the uh, the uh, corona virus uh, epidemic. And uh, Stephen Kearney, my brother who keeps up with this stuff, has uh, uh, said he would be able to help us talk about it. Stephen, are you are you talking about you you can leave me and, and, and just ask me questions if you want to, but about the vertical organization or something like the, the studio system. Right, Tom. Earlier today we were talking just sort of uh, just batting some ideas back and forth with one another, and you mentioned the way it used to be and, and the way it used to be, that you, the way you described it. And the COVID-19 situation has affected movie production and movie presentation in many aspects, but one of them uh, involves, of course, the actual theater and the studios where, that are producing the product shown in those theaters. Uh, as yeah. you'll remember, we were talking about Paramount Theaters and other large studios essentially owned the theaters where the movie, their movies were shown. Right? right. Okay. Let me tell my Irish story, okay? Go right ahead. Uh, when I was in Ireland, this, uh, I was driving along, and I kept seeing these pubs in the little villages and towns, and it said, Pub uh, Flanagan's Place, Freehouse. And I thought, what does that mean? Well, I finally discovered that most of the pubs in Ireland are owned by the big breweries. And if you see the word freehouse, that means it's not owned by a big brewery. It's probably owned independently. The difference is in in the ones that are not free, you probably get just the products of that particular brewery. Maybe one choice, one other beer. And in the free houses, you get all kinds of beers. Well, uh, the the development of the American movie studio was was very rational. I think businessmen would say, and that is, they they made movies. Uh, the people who were in charge, and they uh, created what they call the studio system, and they tried to hire actors and to hire them and uh, attach them to contracts. They were not independent, and so that each new movie had to be renegotiated, but there was Paramount, and then there was Columbia, and there was eventually MGM, and each one of those had its stable of actors and actresses who were, were paid regular fees, not as much as uh, the big fees that actors and actresses get today. But what I'm really trying to suggest is that the movie studios were involved in all levels of the making of the movies, from the point of, of buying scripts and writing them, to hiring the actors, to directing them, to making the prints, to sending them out, and even owning the movie houses. Uh, and so that uh, in my hometown, in Stevens' hometown, there was the Paramount Theater. And at one time, I think it had been owned by Paramount. But in 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 the period right after World War II, the Supreme Court ruled that the theaters, the, the movie production houses, that would include the people I just named in Columbia and, and some other ones, uh, Warner Brothers, if they owned the movie houses, they would have to divest themselves. Because with the movie houses that they owned, they could control what movies played there. And uh, if you were an independent producer, uh, it wasn't likely that you were going to get your movie into that particular movie house. What we were we were looking for was sort of the freedom to for each theater to negotiate its own contracts and, and that kind of thing. And so and 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 Tom, this is how we get AMC, right. which is the use your term the movie house, Regal Theaters again the movie house. You know something like Cinemark, also movie houses. And one of the things that 
developed out of this where you no longer had the studios controlling the actual point where you watched the movie, in other words, the movie houses, was the idea of the theatrical window, and this had to do with how long a film would be in a theater before it would be offered to other, uh, to use, for lack of a better term, other platforms such as DVDs, VCRs, HBO, or anything like that. And so there's been a tension between the two, the movie studios and the um, the uh, movie houses. Well, as a result of the COVID-19, uh, the movie studios, and particularly for the sake of this conversation, Tom, Universal had indicated that it was going to start moving its product, the movies, to streaming services earlier. And this upset some of the movie houses, and in this instance, AMC. And AMC announced that they were not going to show Universal movies anymore. This is as a result of the COVID problem that uh, uh, Universal is reacting by sending it to streaming services because nobody's going to be able to go to a theater. Theaters are closed. AMC is responding to their product being taken away by saying, we're not going to show your product anymore. But, Tom, just today they announced that they struck a deal, Universal and AMC, whereby AMC will show the films of Universal for three weeks, three weekends, 17 days exclusively in the theaters. And then at that point, Universal can send it to other streaming services or other platforms. This is a fairly radical departure from AMC's... Hold on, Jamie. Can they, can they send them to other... Uh, uh, chains, uh, movie houses, and so on. I know, I believe there is just a, just an example of a of a rule that they they sort of operated the window kind of rule, is that the films would be offered uh, to the movie houses for like three months or something like that when they came out, and then after that they would be offered to streaming services or other other as you call them platforms, other ways that they would be shown. And there's there's been a lot of diddling with with the the movie uh, houses reopening, uh, and a lot of the production centers have movies in the can ready to go. Ones that they expected to make a big bucks on this summer, uh, and uh, they have not, in fact, released them. Uh, and they keep moving the dates back because they want the theaters to be open when they do. Am I doing okay? Yeah, you're doing fine. I, I don't know that I have a question about whether or not it would send it to other theaters, but basically after 17 days, the movie studio, the producers of the movies, uh, can do whatever they wish with their movies. AMC is saying that they will benefit from having it for the 17 days because they say most of the money is made in those 17 days, the three-week period anyway, and they also benefit by the movies being released to streaming platforms. They actually are going to be getting some money back through the, through the system, Tom. Uh, none so, of this, however, deals with uh, another central question, and that is, is anybody actually going to go to the theater given the fact that uh, the... the, uh, uh, the virus business is not going to be over next week. We're not just talking about to television taking dollars away. These, these are the lives of human beings. In fact, that what we may be talking about is something, is the people watching what we would, used to call movies, but the movie house would play a very small role in that, and, and your sister would be, uh, uh, what, what is it, when you, when you watch them, 
24 hours in a row. That's what she likes to do. Uh, you would be doing that at home either in DVD or streaming or request or something else. But we need to stop. The world is continuing to spin and check the news, and then we'll be back to talk about movies. 9.33 on WPTF. It's Tuesday night. It's July the 28th, and we're talking about movies tonight, but not in the usual sense. I love to talk about movies. love to talk about cars, food, and all kinds of other things that are, uh, would bring you out of as an audience in in, out to, to talk to us tonight, but tonight I've invited my brother Stephen. I'm Tom Kearney, by the way, and the namesake, namesake of the show, Stephen, is one of my reliable. You wonder where we get our guests? Well, you go to your family and your friends is what you do. And Stephen is uh, knowledgeable about the entertainment industry, and uh, I was thinking about calling him up and asking him about an article that I had seen in the newspaper. I thought it was a local article, but it turned out to have been handed down the news papers reprint from other sources like the New York Times, the Washington Post, the AP, and in this case from the LA Times where people would naturally, Los Angeles, be concerned about the the entertainment industry. That's sort of one of the reasons the town exists. Where should we go from here, Stephen? What, what's on your mind now? Well, one of the things I want to talk about, Tom, and I think it's important to, to we, we can talk about any aspect, but I do want to talk about what might be happening in your local theater. Uh, you sort of have to make a decision about whether or not you want to take any risk at all. And if you don't want to take any risk at all, stay home. Uh, just And there will be plenty of, of movies on our uh, streaming services, on our, our cable networks, or what have you. Uh, I have a fairly sizable DVD collection. You know, The way to, to eliminate as much risk as possible is simply not to go to the movie theater. But I do want to talk a little bit about what happens if you actually go to the local movie theater. Tom, if we could do that. Tell me what your article might have said about that. I, I don't remember it addressing that particularly. I mean, they, there was a, a faint at, at talking about cushions and seats and and uh, refreshments and those kind of things. I, there was a period back when we all were much younger when they had the dinner theater was popular. You know, you'd go and, and eat a, a big meal and then and watch. I remember we saw Oliver out somewhere near the the uh, the airport here in Raleigh. There were several of those places which do not exist anymore. And as I said, I'll be honest with you, as I've gotten older, I do not go to the movies as often as I do because I've got other things uh, that I prefer uh, uh, and need to pursue given my lifespan. But uh, that in movie theaters, one can just about eat dinner now and, uh, and, and have a party while watching the movie or perhaps watching the movie. Well, one of the things, Tom, or, or, or perhaps several of the things, is that uh, before the COVID-19 restrictions, the coronavirus hit, and we're talking about late February and March of this year, uh, the movie theaters were already undergoing a change. And it's right. the kind of thing you're talking about, from from just your seating to the, these were being, the movie theaters were being upgraded. They were ripping out these seating and putting in almost like sofas and and chairs where you're, you know, uh, like Lazy Boy. This is what I actually wanted you to talk about, Stephen, so keep going. So. Well, well, the chairs would pop up and you could put your feet up, and you would have uh, built-in containers for your uh, for your drink, and uh, you could swing around a, uh, a, um, t- a small table, and you could eat a meal there. 
you could order beer from certain theaters. Uh, it became more and more of, a, of an experience that combined. Remember we talked about first date, you, you go out and have a bite to eat and you go to a movie, Tom. Well, if you go out to a movie, you can now you can go out to eat, have a bite to eat while you're watching the movie. It became a total experience, a little like dinner theater, where you go out and eat and there's a performance going on in the stage in front of you. But what happened is, uh, with the, when the coronavirus hit, is that now there has to be uh, mandated changes to the physical layout of the theaters. Uh, you're talking about, first of all, audience sizes are going to be limited. The sellout of, a, of the actual physical space is different. There has to be social distancing. So 25 to 50% is going to be considered to be full. Seats will be blocked out to either for use or non-use, but it must conform to the distance required, six feet or what have you. You may or may not be required to wear a mask, probably will be required to wear a mask. In other words, it's not going to be going to something that's akin to the sofa in your living room. It is going to be an experience in which your safety is going to be guaranteed by the movie house as best as they can. The equipment's going to be wiped down, Tom. The seats are going to be wiped down. The amount of people that can come to a given showing is going to be limited. You're going to be affected. It's not going to be about making you comfortable and full. Well, it's going to be about keeping you alive. This is the universal problem. This just sounds like the school system, for instance, now, because people are going to go to school and they they may not actually have any contact with any uh, any other human beings. They may may be watching them on on a screen somewhere, and uh, it will be a different social experience. Well, they're going to have to do something, Tom, because the movie theaters that, that are existing now they still have to pay the rent. They still have lease obligations. They're burning through money without any return at the moment. And uh, most changes, according to my information, have money to get them through this calendar year, this fiscal year. It's next year that they're concerned about. Uh, are people going to be coming back when they face these restrictions? Nobody knows. Right. Well, and, and nobody knows whether, uh, well, Somebody asked me just today when when did they when did they think that this would be mostly over and I said they have no idea when it's going to be mostly over whatever they may say and this is true and so the movie theaters the physical location where Tom and Steve might go see a movie is going to change and it's going to change and day by day and at any given time it may be simply closed Tom Okay, well, that, that's why we, we started out trying to discover what was going to happen tonight, and, and there, is, there is the answer to the, to the question. Is, uh, but what is going to be required, apparently, from what you say, if, to keep the minimum of number of people buying tickets is to buy, is to physically change the circumstances in which one would be viewing the movie. Now, we, I've mentioned, and you've mentioned, the fact that before the coronavirus scare or, or what it's not a scare before it hit there was already a problem and where where were people going to watch the movies where were going to people going to watch the movies if they did not go to movie houses you know it's i mean i can imagine people saying it's honey it's a lot easier not to go to the movie we'll just uh, watch uh, you know one of the streaming services and, and apparently they've been doing well they've been growing and and they to some extent they are owned by the people that own the studios. Am I not right about that? Right. And so the one, uh, th the one thing we've got 
that isn't owned by the studios now is is the the movie houses themselves. But there is, uh, well, uh, I, one article I read said the current administration seems to want to reverse what they call the Paramount case, which is the case back in 1947, which let uh, which prevented the movie houses from owning the the uh, I mean the the movie studios from owning the movie houses. They had to divest themselves and sell out to other people. So even though the movie house in Goldsworth said Paramount. When I was going to it in the fifties, I don't think it was still owned by the Paramount Theater, you know, the the uh, the studio itself. Uh, but that 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 if the the Supreme Court ruling, uh, what the article I read suggested that the current administration is pushing the idea of of undoing that and, and turning it around so that the movie studios could own the movie house. Well, and that would be a rather drastic change, and we're talking about a very complex and, and serious topic. Uh, uh, antitrust legislation and litigation is what you're talking about, Tom. And, and if you're going to reverse that, that's a major sea change, uh, because the United States, by and large, I'm not really the person to talk about this aspect. You do have people that can come on and talk about this, but it's market competition that drives a lot of things, especially when you're talking about the smaller to mid-sized businesses. And the way the United States government could ensure that, Tom, is to break up the large companies. Well, if you go the other way, it's going to be a few people making a lot of money to the exception of the, the smaller business owner. Well, what they did when they had the Paramount ruling was, to some extent, they didn't totally break up, uh, but they they the, the studio system was breaking down itself, and that is where... Uh, Joan Fontaine and Olivia de Havilland and so on were in the constant employment of, of, uh, of a particularly big studio. That was breaking down so that this, the artists were able to negotiate for themselves and were not beholden. You know, uh, sometimes uh, uh, I think when Clark Gable was in Gone with the Wind, he was actually under contract. Uh, one of the actors was, the major actors, was to some other studio, and they had to loan him to David Selznick so he could be in that movie. Well, I think he's under the he was under contract. I think to uh, to Jack Warner. Uh, okay, I have to go back and check on that. But he was loaned. That's correct. And 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 that but that that being the way that the studios maintained their control over the actors and actresses was beginning to go by the wayside. At the same time that the Supreme Court was ruling, I think it was seven to one that the the studios would have to divest themselves of their ownership uh, of, the, of the movie houses. I, I remember the first time I ever touched this, the Lowe's, L-O-E-W-S, L-O-U-W-S, theater chain, theater, theater chain, was owned by the same people that owned MGM. The, the MGM produced the pictures, and they put them into Lowe's theaters. And, and that, that was something that had to be broken up, too. So, uh, But... There may be a reversal here. You know, uh, at one time, uh, Standard Oil was a monopoly of the oil production in the United States, almost complete, and they broke it up. And the two biggest units of it were what we now call Exxon and uh, uh, what is the other one that, that's with, uh, with Exxon now? Uh, Mobile. And now they're, in fact, back together. So, And, and people are playing vinyl again. So some of the trends reversed themselves, playing vinyl again. Well, you know... Another famous example would be the Bell system. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, it's going around in circles too. Uh, and I don't think 
going around in circles didn't necessarily do them any good, but it 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 has been some of the, as you pointed out the 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 legislation not the legislation but the laws were questioned the the court system got involved in it and things changed and along and that's sort of what we're talking about tonight is some changes are going to have to be made but some changes are going to be forced upon the movie studios and or the owners of the theater chains because of uh, well what what they've got now is 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 being replaced by other platforms you know, it's going to be you mentioned that you have a collection of DVDs where people are going to stay home and watch the DVDs and, and not go to the movie theater. Yeah, and it's the, the changes that are going to be in place are not going to be ones that are going to be about dollars. It's going to be about safety and, and human lives. Right. But dollars are going to play a part in it, and, and some choices... It always does, might, huh? Oh, yes. Some choices that might be made are not going to be made because they, they simply... Uh, can't afford them. And what, what's going to happen, I think, probably, is that the movie chains are going to be, if they're permitted to, will be like AMC and the others. Uh, you know the names Regal, I think, is one of them. Cinemark. Cinemark would be one. Mm-hmm. Uh, will end up being bought by uh, Disney or Universal or uh, the, the various uh, companies that are have got streaming sources out there. And you know more about that than I do, but it seems like there must be 20 or 25 different individual streaming services that one might subscribe to now, that different platforms that people can get their entertainment from. Yeah, I don't want to assume that everybody knows what streaming means, Tom. Uh, it's a streaming service is a subscription-based service that offers online streaming of films and television program. It, it's an alternative to downloading it. And some of the more popular ones that we would know would be Netflix and Hulu, Disney Plus, Prime Video, Apple, CBS All Access. And, uh, and it's uh, also are, different from the cable uh, channels that one gets, which have been criticized over the years, and I would be a person to criticize them because they, they you have to buy multi-unit uh, uh sources rather than getting a la carte. I mean, I would like to go and I've got three levels from the company that I buy from, but I, I, there are only about two channels on the third level for which I'm paying good money that I really watch ever at all. And so, But I have to buy the whole package. I have to buy the whole meal, so to speak. Well, you know, you and I have talked about this. You, you have to sit down with your significant other or with yourself, if you will, and decide how much movies matter to you and how much that form of entertainment uh, that comes through your television matters to you, and then you'll decide what part of your your monetary budget you want to devote to that. Right, and we 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 actually did that, and and one reason I quit going to movies was I, I devote uh, money, and this is one reason this whole question about how this is all going to come out now, what's going to be online, either on the regular cable sources or or as streaming sources. That's where I get my my entertainment of that sort from. We need to take a break, Stephen. When we come back, we're going to have about four minutes left. Uh, I invited you to do this program tonight, and I may not have given you an opportunity. If there's any particular point that you want to make uh, in, in the, the last four minutes, we'll, we will turn you loose on the audience here and so on. But we'll do that right after we take this break. WCCF Tom Turney with Stephen Turney talking about the movie houses and the, the chains and the, the threat that uh, the economics of movie production and the current uh, coronavirus uh, threat to the 
health of the nation is having will the movie houses survive and in what way will it survive? Stephen John said you had something that you you wanted to uh, mention, and if you want to mention Olivia de Havilland somewhere, you can do that too. Uh, yeah, we we should take note of the fact that Mr. Havilland, who's one of my favorite actresses, uh, passed away just this past Sunday, I believe, at the age of 104. And perhaps in the future we can spend some more time on that. I, I suspect in your necrology shows you might spend some time on it as well. But uh, you know, you know, one of our all-time greats. She's the last principal from Gone with the Wind to pass away. So. Tom, if I could, I just want to touch briefly on some other aspects of the movie-going industry that have been touched by COVID-19. you got about three if minutes I, now, so go. Okay, a global box office could lose as much as $5 billion as a result of the pandemic, the award situation is going to be such that the ceremonies have been canceled or moved back. For instance, the Academy Award uh, cutoff period has been moved back uh, from December 31st to February 28th, so it'll be a different period in which they're looking at uh, the films. Movie festivals have been canceled or postponed. Uh, a great number of films have been canceled. The theatrical release has been put back. For instance, Wonder Woman 1984, which was been, was initially pushed from a March release or near March release to August and then also to October. Uh, other films that have been expected, blockbuster films, have been postponed or moved to later dates. Home releases of things, this is what we were talking about earlier, are coming out um, earlier than they used to. Frozen 2, for instance, was supposed to come out in June, and it actually came out in March. The Invisible Man, Emma, were ones that were released earlier, Tom. Uh, there are a great number of theatrical releases that are delayed and canceled. In terms of production, there are detailed new rules that are being put into place as, through the unions and through the guilds as to what must be done. Health, safety, and supervisors are going to be on uh, movie and television sites. There will be frequent testing. There will be creation of zones to provide maximum protection for the cast and crew who can't wear protective equipment. There will be closed sets, but no visitors. The shoot days are limited to 10 hours. And there will be instructions for every element of production from setup to catering, Tom. So this is uh, pervasive, the COVID-19, and its effect on the movie industry. Okay. Well, I'm glad you brought that to our attention. We'll have to have another visit from you in, in a couple of months to see what the progress has been made, because I know things are going to be changed, and a lot of things are, are uh, either going to be out or not out by the end of uh, the month of July, which we're getting pretty close to. Thanks for being with us tonight. Tomorrow night, we're going to talk about plants with Pam Beck.